0: And welcome to another special edition episode of Black Women Voices. I'm one of the hosts, Anne Marie Edwards, and I'm currently pursuing a doctorate in educational psychology. I wanted to explore an innovative approach with my dissertation, so about a year ago, I asked my sister host if I could record special episodes for the Black Women Voices podcast that would be included in my dissertation. If you missed episode one of the series, I would encourage you to go back and listen. In that episode, I give a more robust explanation of the premise behind the special series. This is episode seven of a nine-part series. This episode features Naira and her voice is the next voice you'll hear.
1: My name is Naira Hayes, I'm 23 and I'm an industrial engineer at NIU. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, in a black neighborhood on the west, kind of northwest side. It is considered a suburb. Since the age of 16, I've lived in different households on and off with my parents. Both my parents have been out of state since around that age, so I've lived in different family members' houses. I would consider my immediate family to be my dad and his twin brother and his sister. My dad was a big influence on me becoming an industrial engineer. He's one himself, so that also has a lot to do with it. At first, I was very intimidated by all the math and science that went into engineering, but my dad would always tell me if he could do it at 35 years old, then I could do it too, and that really kind of stuck with me because there's definitely some truth. Even though my dad was a large influence, I would say that Most influential people in my circle right now are my friends, Yash Patel, and my friend and colleague, Randall Barnes. Thing they both share in common, probably the reason that I chose them is that they pushed me to kind of reach beyond the stars and just to have no limits on what it is I want to do in my life. They're both successful young college graduates. So there's that as well with me being in college and trying to graduate myself. They also have in some way or another Prompted me to achieve my education goals on a religious level and moral level. So they also have like, you know, the personal aspects to them. There's also been models for like the humility and the calmness that I still need to work on and that I still want to achieve. But even though they are very humble, they always advise me to demand what I deserve and be assertive when it comes to me being in the professional world. As far as my schooling experiences over the years, my elementary school experience was great. We had a high quality education. I was socialized with, with different kids from different ethnicities, um, different backgrounds, income, you know, you name it. There was just a large variety of kids. This was Pre-segregation, that's what I refer to when we talk about zoning. To me, zoning kind of separated a lot of people in a lot of schools, and this was before zoning, my elementary school experience. So it usually took me about an hour to get to ride the bus to like the nicer neighborhood to get to that school before that time. My father, after that, he put me in the gifted program in middle school to ensure that I got a higher quality education to challenge me, and then kind of to get me used to socializing with middle to upper class people, as well as, I guess, being comfortable around non-people of color. I kind of hated it, gonna be honest. Not just because of the heavy workload, but because I kind of felt isolated. I was usually you know, one of maybe three black kids per class, if that, and then I noticed as I got higher and higher in my middle school grade, there were less and less black kids left in the program. I only felt that way in middle school after befriending a group of white people and noticing different microaggressions, like them telling me I should comb my hair when I had an afro, telling me I wasn't really Black because I talk like a white person. I've even heard half Black, half Asian students say that if they see a Black man in a suit, it must be President Obama. Just different, really weird microaggressive statements. And then my own friends, my white friends, they would kind of like try to imitate what they thought a black person sounded like or acted like every now and then. So it was just kind of, it was a very, I guess, a uh, weird experience. It Things did get better when I ended up becoming friends with some people that I'm still friends with to this day. It was like a group of different minority women. We literally made a name for ourselves. We called ourselves the minority table. And I guess that's just because at the time, none of them, none of the white people at the school really accepted them. And we all sat at the same table together. There was two Hispanic girls, two mixed girls, and two Black girls there. Um, Despite the challenges I faced being one of the few Black People in the Excel program, I did still prevail. It didn't really affect my grades. Uh, I remained on the dean's list or at least honor roll throughout my entire middle school career. And having the support of my friends of color really was like very important to me. And I think it is kind of what helps me do better. When I got to high school, I was in classes with the same people, but I was physically inside of a high school where they had a mixture of ethnicities. It was actually majority of it was a minority school. So that was kind of just nice kind of seeing my own people again and then just seeing a lot of different groups of people but kind of reminded me of like my elementary school setup where i was around a lot of a lot of different people but i still got a really high ed- quality education being a gifted program i also was able to see kids that i actually grew up around in my neighborhood because we are kind of all came from the same background so that was nice i didn't hear nearly as many microaggressive statements even from the white students that went there while I was there. Maybe, you know, they were more used to being around people of color, but it was definitely refreshing. But I also involved myself in several different things while I was in high school. So I was in the National Honor Society, I was in JROTC, I was on the drill team, and then at one point I was even recording for the women's basketball team. I love the education, the diversity I experienced in high school, and I also love the discipline and structure that JRL TC provided for me early on. Moving on to college, I kind of feel like everyone's experience in a predominantly white college institution is going to change now, just because of uh, what I refer to as like the civil rights movement that's been happening during the summer. You're kind of seeing people's true colors now at these institutions, so it's, I feel like it's forever changed. I haven't been here long, so mm-hmm. I can't speak. A whole lot on the climate, but I have noticed some things. It's been um, interesting seeing the dean and the faculty react to the movement that we have this summer, and it kind of opened my eyes. The fact that I was in a predominantly white institution, I originally thought before seeing this, before you know trying out for a Panhellenic sorority, before having a racist experiences with my landlord at my old type of college housing, that people in college were automatically more educated and then automatically more like liberal and accepting. But I found out this was not the case. I kind of, in a way, I feel the same isolation I felt in middle school in the gifted program, just realizing that there's like a lack of diversity in the city. And then just being out in the country. And then it just, Seems like things are kind of unchanged for middle school as far as this climate. Much like in the gifted program, however, this just resulted in me strengthening my connection with my Black classmates and my classmates of color. I joined a Black engineering group, and I was quickly accepted into their family. Both my roommates are from the same organization. My friends that I have here are from the same organization. My tutor is from the same organization. Role model I mentioned earlier, Randall Barnes, he's from the same organization. Uh, The climate and the situation over the summer kind of inspired me to work harder to reshape NIU in regards to the cultural sensitivity and decolonizing the school curriculum. So far, it's been very successful, and my demands were heard by the dean of the school, and I have very high hopes for the future. So, kind of like in middle school, me feeling isolated, it kind of just made me strengthen my connection with my Black colleagues and then just made me um, wanna push myself harder in my academics. After college, in my own future, I would describe myself as multi-talented, multifaceted, and tenacious. I probably describe myself as that now as well. But I would describe my future as big, limitless and traveled because I really want to make enough money to just kind of be able to get up and go and I wanna experience different parts of the world. I think overall my experiences have made me conscious of many different perspectives from different people with different upbringings. So I kind of talked about how I switched households a lot after 16 and then um, switching different school demographics kind of drastically, just almost every other, I guess, period of school in my life. And it kind of just, yeah, just let me know, it it gave me different perspectives to kind of let me know what I want to be around and what I want to be like. My advice for black women who are in college would be to say is that I know that you may not have the upper hand in a professional career being a woman on top of being black, but to not let the lack of representation stop you. And instead, think of this as something that motivates you to make a way for there to be better representation for generations to come and inspire kids to be great. I would say to make sure to take care of yourself and love yourself, and find a confidant, whether that's a friend, family, or boyfriend, so that, you know, being a Black woman in college and the things that you face don't corrupt corrupt your mood or your personality. So I talked about, you know, how I strengthen my relationship with my Black friends. There's plenty of different ways to do this, and it doesn't always have to be your Black friends. Just making sure that you have someone that kind of understands you culturally and understands you as a woman and somebody that you can kind of confide in just have a really good support group and then also just use whatever you face being in college as a as a time to prove everyone wrong you know if they think you're lesser or you deserve less money or you don't know as much as men do in a predominantly male field if that's the field that you choose in college that's the time to prove everybody wrong. Don't ever settle or let people think you deserve less, whether it's your wages, your vacation time, whether you are looking at a job that doesn't give out good maternity leave. Don't think you don't deserve a new promotion. Don't be a victim of imposter syndrome. Don't ever think that you're somewhere far in life and that you don't belong there or that you should belong there, or don't ever think that. have everything you deserve and you deserve everything. So just, you know, think about those things. And especially if that position is usually occupied by man. Don't let anything stop you from going into predominantly male fields or predominantly white fields or anything like that. After making this kind of, I guess, kind of after looking over my life for this podcast, it just, again, just reiterated how the environments that I came from contributed to me knowing exactly who I am and what I want in life. Again, I've I've mentioned this a lot throughout this podcast, just being around different demographics, different um, households, it just made me it 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 was actually great, you know, experiencing all these different things even though, you know, there were some periods and some things that I didn't like. It was great to experience a plethora of things so that I've experienced it all kind of and I know exactly what I want.
0: And now for my research notes. Before I begin, more information on the resources I use for this segment will be in the show notes. The theme for today is being Black and gifted in educational spaces that perpetuate whiteness. Now, we touched on this topic a little bit in a previous episode, but we're going to dive a little deeper. Naira's episode focuses in part on her being the only quote unquote. I'm going to specifically focus on her K through twelve educational experience. As a student who was an accelerated education program, she was often the only black person. As young as elementary school she started to experience microaggressions. What I found interesting was that the focus was generally on her appearance, being told that her hair needed to be straight or other comments made her feel isolated. It made me think of the term a smart, ugly from the Combahee River Collective. Hopefully I I said that right. That was a term used to describe this particular group of black women whose social lives were sacrificed in order for them to develop intellectually. An article in The Atlantic stated that black students account for 17% of the gifted student population, while black students also account for 53% of those in remedial education. The article equates the dismal number to segregation, a term that Naira also used to describe her experience. This experience was cyclically based on the level of diversity at each institution she attended, as well as her ability to connect with other people of color. She described a similar experience in college. The question we need to ask is what is the impact on identity development of those who are in gifted education classes? Examples may include being considered smart or gifted for a black kid, the intersectional The experience of being both black and women in gifted education can also be an additionally isolating experience. Constantly being exposed to microaggressions from peers while simultaneously receiving academic messaging that encourages intellectualism can hamper or eliminate racial and or gender identity development. Coakley found that the HBCU environment supports African self-consciousness while predominantly white college environments support assimilation. I would expand this stream of thought to include K through 12 environments, especially as it relates to gifted education programs. One final note, each episode will end with a clip of a song that the participant chose to describe their life journey. Naira chose Canal Street by ASAP Rocky. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for taking the time to listen to Black Woman Voices. Please come back next Friday to check out the next episode in this special series and remember to follow Black Woman Voices on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All the links will be in the show notes. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with others. Now let's start a conversation. Take care and talk soon.
2: I hustle every day in life, thinking back Taking packs up the block The mode that niggas said I couldn't awesome. been fuck niggas, I'll be back Strap, back, Bitchin' and flipping and work, hand in hand I think they call it track Racing laps, free your winter waste It pays to make it stack, face the fact, it's always niggas out there trying to knock the I guess that's why they say we trap. Don't let niggas hold you back I'm just a kettle from the ghetto With no pot to piss in so, who am I to call it black? Black man, black male, black ball, black opsy, black diamonds, glistening. Attractive pigs and all the rats. Kitten scratch, I went from roaches on my bunk to rib broaches on the cuff. of my tux, show for pulling up, no ifs, ands, or buts about them. I went to Paris for my trunks, 100,000, spent the goal. Y'all used them once to give a shit damn a fuck about them. Street finish, gold medallion, smoking blunts in front of public housing, wild until they throw me in them cuffs, mouth full of fronts, look like Master P up in my Cartiers, diamonds shining in the frames. changed the game and made them say, ain't no limits to this shit, likes to flick, just stick into the script, my life is like a movie.